in my own. Good. How's everybody? Did you have a good Christmas? Good. Everybody still recovering? Eat too much? We need to go through a detox. Me and Ashley done talked about it. We've got to, we've got to do something. We have eat too much. Um, so our class here tonight, the past three classes, we've been talking about the prayer life of Jesus. Um, of course, the first one that we talked about was the prayer that was offered before he was born. Um, whenever Mary and all that, whenever before he was born, the prayer she offered up. Uh, then we talked about his personal prayer life whenever he prayed before he was baptized or after he was baptized and that type of thing. Um, and then last week we talked about the example of how to pray. The model prayer went through all of that. Uh, this week we're going to talk about just the different times that he prayed. Um, not only for himself, not for anybody in particular, just the different times that Jesus prayed um, that we have through the Bible. Um, Jesus led by example. He was one that he told you what to do, but he also showed you what to do in about everything that he, that he did while he was here on earth. And the Bible gives us a number of these to learn by, things that we can use in our everyday lives, um, examples to show us how important our prayer life should be as Christians and how much it helps us every day here on earth. Um, Maddox had a good point back there. How much time do we actually spend in prayer? Um, he was talking about studying the Bible, but it all kind of goes hand in hand. How much time do we actually spend praying to God each and every day? Um, hopefully it's a lot. The stronger our prayer life is, the stronger Christians that we are. So we're going to look at a few scriptures today, um, tonight. The first one we're going to look at is in Luke. We're going to go to Luke chapter 6, verses 12 through 16. And if someone wouldn't care to read that for me, we're going to have a few scriptures to read tonight. Uh, Luke 6, 12 through 14. All right, thank you. So right here, this is Jesus praying before he selected the apostles. Um, he spent all night in prayer praying for the men that he was going to make his followers, his disciples, his apostles. They were going to help him spread the gospel. Um, before we make big decisions in life, that's one thing we should do first is go to God in prayer. Um, go to God to ask us to direct our steps, to guide us the way that we should go, that he wants us to go. And... Always say the Lord's will. How many of y'all heard that? Lord willing, we'll be there. Lord willing, this will happen. Um, that's in the Bible. That's one thing that we should should be doing. Um, Psalms 25.4 talks about that. Uh, James 4.15. I'm going to read that real quick. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we shall live and do this or that. Um, that's in the Bible. So it's not just an old saying. Um, I used to think that's just something grandmother used to say. Lord willing, we'll be there. Lord willing. But that's actually in the Bible. Um, that's something that we're taught and something that we should abide by. Um, David did this all the time whenever he would pray. And we can't direct our steps without the Lord's help. So prayers like this, they're necessary. It talks about it in Proverbs 14, 12, 16, 25. It talks about it in Jeremiah. Um, so in the Old and the New Testament, it talks about, Lord willing, how we should ask God to help direct our steps. So question for you, how many of us are guilty of making up our mind of what we want in life and what the way we want things to go? Then we go pray to God and say, hey, make this happen. Do we do that? My only one does that? Um, is that right? What's your thoughts on that? I struggle with that sometimes because I know what I want. At least I think I do. I know the direction that I'd like to go. 
And a lot of times I pray for that to happen, not pray, Lord willing, direct my steps. God, I want this to happen. God, I need this to happen. What do you think? Right or wrong on that? <laughs> That's one way to do it. Cover all the bases. Right. Okay. Somebody else think. That's true. Yep. You have to have a direction. You have to have a goal in mind. Um, okay. Anybody else? That's true. Yeah. Right. And I guess as humans, that's I guess that's what I was getting at too. Is that's the part I struggle with? Is we have in our head that this is what we want, so we continue to pray for that and that, and we try to bend God's will to our will. When really we should be saying, Lord, if you will this, let's make this happen. This is what I would like to see happen. Um, so I don't think it's wrong. I think we do need a goal. I think we do need to have a direction. Um, but in the end, like Chuck said, Thy will be done. Lord willing, Thy will be done. And leave it at that. Um, so one more thing. How do we know if the Lord's will was done or we got our way and it wasn't his will? Do we know that? I had that question this week. Does that make sense? Did I ask that right? If we get what we want, what we prayed for, how do we know if that was God's will or not? Can we know? That's exactly what I said whenever they asked me that. Um, a lot of times you can look back from the pain in the past and say, well, yeah, that was the God's will. He was working. This had to happen before this could happen. So you, to say today that the Lord's will was done, if we've been praying, we're faithful, we know that God will take care of us, I say leave it at that. God's will will be done. God loves us. We're living the correct life. We're trying to at least. And... I think have faith that his will will, will will be done or is being done daily in our lives. Yeah. Right. I agree. I think as long as we have faith that we're living the right way, we're asking for the right reasons, our heart is right, I feel like God's will will be done. Yeah. Right. You work in mysterious, mysterious ways, Chuck. Right. The Lord's will be done. It's not what he had in mind. Right. Do you have something, Mike? Right. And I think if you live the Christian life long enough and you can look back and see how God has worked in your life, a lot of times those no's or those what happened or why is this happening, you understand it a lot better. Um, that just builds your faith, makes you that much stronger as you're Right. That's true. Right. Like I say, and I think the more trust you put in him, the more faith you have, the more you see him working each and every day whenever you just say, hey, figure it out for me, God, direct me whichever way. Good. Anybody else before we move on? Right. I'm glad you said that. I had it wrote down, but I feel like I use that in every single class, so I'm glad you said it, and that's good, because <laughs> I believe that wholeheartedly. I think that's a great verse. Good deal. So we're going to move on. Let's go to Matthew chapter 11, 25 and 26. Who wants to read that one for us? Matthew chapter 11, 25 and 26. A couple verses. 
Okay, thanks. So right here, Jesus is thanking God when others came to know him better and understand what God's will for their lives, what God's will was for their lives. Um, Jesus was glad that the simple and the honest-hearted people heard the gospel and understood what Jesus' purpose on earth was for, what he was here for. Um, he was thanking God that they, they saw this, they understood this. Um, Paul did it all the time. Paul would thank God for the churches um, who were walking in the light, who were obeying God, who were being faithful. Paul th was thanking God for those a lot. Um, we should be glad when people obey the gospel. Yeah, we say congratulations, we're happy for you, but we should truly be glad that they're interested in spiritual things and are seeking out God and, and doing it for the right reasons, doing it to, to save their souls. Because that's what Jesus was doing here. That's what Paul does for the churches that he would start. Um, they were praying for the Christians as soon as they became Christians, and this was encouraging to them. I mean, I don't know about you, but if somebody's praying for me, it's pretty encouraging. I mean, I know people probably don't tell you when they do as much, but anytime somebody comes up to you and says, hey, I prayed for you today, hmm, good, my day may go better. Um, God heard my name today. God was thinking about me today. Somebody else was thinking about me today. And, and that's part of this right here as well. Um, we should always be praying and thanking God when somebody is obeying the gospel, is thinking about spiritual things, is following Jesus, is interested in it. Um, what other ways can we show our appreciation to God when somebody does obey the gospel or when somebody comes forward and asks for prayers? How can we show our appreciation to God as not the one doing it, but the one seeing it, the one working uh, with them in that church or, or involved in their life? What can we do? I know praying. We've done talked about that. But what else can we do? Be good encouragers to them and to everyone else around us. What else? Keep them involved. Okay. What can we do ourselves to show God that we're thankful that somebody heard about the gospel, that somebody obeyed, that someone else is spiritually mine? What can we show God ourselves, the appreciation? How can we do that? Evangelize. I don't know about you, but it encourages me to want to do more. If I see somebody and see that the work we're doing the things that we're doing at, at Lehman or personally or other churches, um, it, to show my appreciation, I want to work a little harder. You know how it is at a job if somebody pats you on the back and says, good job, and man, you're doing great, and this is you're doing a wonderful job, what's it do to you? It makes you work a little harder. It makes you take a little more pride in it. Um, and I think that's one way we can show God our appreciation when people do their hearts are touched. They do obey the gospel. They are growing the church. They are becoming our brother and sister. Um, it should make us want to work harder and find more ways to serve him, find more ways to to do things for him, to bring more people to him. Um, does that make sense? Do y'all kind of get the same feeling there whenever somebody does come forward or somebody does obey the gospel? Um, one thing that Y'all may not feel this way, but how many of you, when you think about other churches, feel like you kind of own different teams sometimes? Y'all think about all the churches of Christ being on the same team in the same, on the same field together? Y'all think about that? Do we feel that way about other churches? What's your thoughts? Paul prayed for all churches. Every church that was a faithful church, Paul prayed for them. Do we do that? 
We should. Um, I think we struggle with that sometimes. I think that we think of them, well, they're at a different location. They've got their own stuff going on. We don't know anything about them. But we should be praying for those. We should be praying for churches in this area, churches world over, um, that they will stay faithful, that they can do God's work, that they can um, grow the kingdom, grow God's, because we're all in the same, on the same team. Um, we're on different locations, but as long as we're following what the Bible says, and they are following what the Bible says, we're all one church. We're all on the same team, and I think that's something we have to remember. I know I have to remember that. I have to think about other churches just as much as I do us and everyone here. Um, we've had a lot of people come from other churches. They're great people. Um, and that's how Lehman has grown. We've had churches, people from other churches come. Um, we should love everyone. Does that make sense? Am I off on that? Do you all agree? Exactly. You're correct. Um, I put right here, we need to cheer for each other. We need to to all be together in doing God's work um, in trying to grow his church everywhere. And we're all working together to do that. All right, anybody else on this scripture right here whenever thanking God for that others know him better? If not, let's move on to Matthew 19, 13, and 14. <clears throat> Matthew 19, 13, and 14. So this one right here, Jesus is praying for the children. He said, let them come to him. Um, they are those that make up the kingdom of heaven. You've heard it said as far as you have to be like made like a babe in order to enter the kingdom of God. Um, we're talking about babes in Christ. We're talking about children a lot in the Bible. Um, we need to pray for our children. We need to pray for not only our personal children, but children of the church, children in other churches like we were just talking, children the world over. Um, Jesus loved, as the song says, Jesus loves the little children. Um, this one hits a little different once you have kids um, or people, young people in your life, whether you've had kids or not. Um, I love kids. I don't know if y'all notice it or not, but every time I see a baby, the first thing I want to do is pick it up. Um, I've always loved kids, and Jesus did too. Jesus loves children. Um, we need to pray that they can enjoy their childhood and be kids but they also need to learn to come to know God. Um, it talks about that in Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verses 9 and 12. Um, actually, 11, 9 through 12, 8. It talks about that, how they should enjoy their childhood, but also come to know God. Um, and then we should pray for them that their lives can be used and their talents can be used and live for Jesus. Um, that's a, pray, a prayer that I try to pray every day that my kids will grow up to be faithful members of the church, that they will understand what the church family is about, what Jesus has done for them, um, how important it is to be in God's kingdom, to be a child of God. Um, and I think we need to do that. I think Jesus sets a good example here on how we should pray for our kids. Um, what other things can we pray for our young people about as far as dangers, Things in this world, what, what should we be praying for our kids about? It's true. It's true. Anything else? I don't want to go into that one just yet, but yeah, I probably need to start praying for that. <laughs> right. 
Look what happened. That's true. Um, that was some of the things I wrote down here. Decisions that they make, how they react to the world and the struggles that they're going to face every day in school uh, with their friends, with so many other things thrown at them. Um, pray that they can be strong. Pray that they can get past those struggles and stay true to what the Bible says and, and what they've been taught growing up. Um, I truly believe that the prayers that was prayed for me, because I know my daddy did, my papa did, um, I think they helped. I don't think I'd be standing here today if somebody wasn't praying for me a long time ago and a lot. Um, and I think we can all relate to that, that somebody was praying for us. And from the time we were born until here we are now, um, and we need that. And we need to be doing the same for all the children that, that we come in contact with, that we know, some that we don't know, the world over. I think it's very important. But any questions or comments over that? Okay. We're going to move on to the next one. Matthew 14, 19. I got four scriptures here for y'all to read. Matthew 14, 19. Luke 9, 16. Mark 6, 41. And John 6, 11. Y'all just like to read those in order, whoever wants to jump in there. Matthew. Luke 9, 16. Mark 6.41. Anybody got it? Mark 6.41. All right, and then John 6.11. And Jesus took the loaves, and when they had given thanks, he distributed them to the disciples, and the disciples to those sitting down, and likewise of the fish, as much as they wanted. Okay, so Jesus here is praying for food. He's praying for the food that was offered. Um, He's taking time out to always give thanks for what God has given. Do we always pray for our food? Do you? Do you say a prayer every time you sit down to eat? Some of us probably eat a little more than others, but do we do it every time? I know I don't. I'm guilty of it. We will say it at dinner, or we'll say it, but if I'm driving around and I'm eating lunch and I'm going, I don't do it. I'm guilty of it. Um, Is it important that we do pray before every meal? Why is it important? Is it tradition? Because mom and daddy did it. We sit down at the table and we said our prayers and we thank God for the food and said a little short prayer. Is that why we do it? He did it. He prayed. He did it before every meal. Um, to me, it's important, the more I studied this, and I never really thought about it, we're giving the odd thanks for everything, but also the small things. This is something that we take for granted every day, that we've got food to sit here and eat. Um, we've got food that, that we get to do three times a day, twice a day, six times a day. I don't know how much some of y'all eat, but sometimes I'll eat four or five times a day. Um, but we take that for granted, and that's a small thing in our life that, that we need to remember God gave that to us. God provided that for us. Um, it talks about it in Matthew 6:11, our daily bread. It's a blessing from God. Yeah. Right. That's one of my points here. It's showing that we are grateful and that we're not taking for granted what God's given us because I feel like sometimes we, we do and we're acknowledging that everything we have is because of God. Everything that, he, that we have in life, God gave it to us. Um, and I think just saying a little prayer for that, saying any type of prayer for your food whenever you sit down to a meal is acknowledging that, hey, Thank you, God, for giving me this. I know it seems simple. I know some of these things seem like we should be teaching this to 
the little kids over there. Well, we should, but we need to remember it too, that prayer in our life is just as important as what they're teaching them prayer over there is, and hopefully it's going to grow the, the older we get. Um, I know a lot of times whenever I say, if I do pray for my food or if I do pray for little things, I'm rushing through it. Thank you, God, for, my, for this food, nourishment to our body, forgive us of our sins, Jesus' name, amen, fast as we can. Um, I think we need to be more sincere, more not rushed in what we are thanking God for, and actually think about what we're saying. Think about all the things. Jeff, something. You know, I think it's right. Right. That's right. That is true. So that's my last little note right here on that. We need food to survive physically, but we need prayer to survive spiritually. And I feel like both of them work hand in hand. Um, if we don't have one, we don't have the other, really, when it gets down to it. Um, and we got to have both to survive here on this earth um, and to survive later on in heaven. Right. Right. God wants us to communicate with him. He wants us to ask. Even though he knows what we need, he still wants us to ask for it, give thanks for it, all that, doesn't he? Okay, we're going to move on. We're not going to get through. Yeah, we probably will. John 11, 22. Somebody wants to read that. And then John 11, 41 and 42. 11, 22. Okay, and then 41, 42. Okay, so right here, when you go on to a 43 and 44, uh, this is Jesus praying um, at the grave of Lazarus. Um, the family was grieving, and God prayed for God to bring Lazarus up. Um, now, obviously, we can't call people out of the grave, don't want to. Um, but Jesus did here, but he, we're, the point we're getting at is he was praying whenever people were grieving. Um, we do need to pray for them. We need to weep with those who weep, mourn with those who mourn, um, be happy with those who are happy. But in this case, he's praying for someone grieving because they've lost a loved one. Um, when people are hurting, we can cast our cares on God, and he's going to hear us. First Peter 5, 7 tells us that, that God will hear us whenever we are praying for Him, praying to him for that. Um, most of the time, praying, saying a prayer for somebody that's grieving is about all you can do. You can't bring them back from the dead. Uh, like I said, most of the time you don't want to, and you're talking about um, when you pray, your will be done. A lot of times they're going to go on. Um, but just knowing that someone is praying for, for me or for you whenever you lose someone, um, that helps a lot. That makes a big difference, knowing that people actually care about you. Uh, they care about the one that, that you lost. And sometimes that's enough. That Maybe all we can do, but that's enough. And we need to remember that. But praying for those whenever someone has lost someone or when they're grieving, uh, that's the big point here. And Jesus did that. He used that for an example. Um, so we should do the same. Right. And, yeah. He knew that God heard him and knew that God was answering his prayers. And we should do the same. He's praying just like we pray here on earth. We should pray, thank you, God, for listening to my prayers. Thank you, God, for hearing me. Because um, I, I think that he does. I know that he does. He tells us that he does. All right, let's turn to John 12, 27 and 28. We may get out of here a little early. John 12, 27, 28. 
Now my soul is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this purpose I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice from heaven, the voice came from heaven saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. Um, Jesus is praying here when his soul is troubled. He's fixing to be killed. He's fixing to be uh, crucified on the cross, go through all kinds of pain and suffering. Um, His soul is troubled. Um, This was before the cross. He was overwhelmed and we should do the same thing when we're overwhelmed. When we have things that we're facing, um, things that we don't know how we're going to get through it. I think this is a good example here of, hey, ask God, pray to God. Um, Jesus was God or was um, part of that, and, and he still prayed because he was going to have to endure something that he didn't know if he could or not. He didn't, I mean, it was going to be tough on him. And Jesus prayed just like we can. Um, Psalm 61, 1 and 2. Let's read that real quick. This is another example of a prayer here. Hear my cry, O God. Attend to my prayer. From the end of the earth I will cry to you. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Um, What does that mean, lead me to the rock that is higher than I, when you read that? What's he saying there? Go ahead, Chuck. What do you think he's saying there? Right. Okay. Anybody else? Yep. It does. So when you're overwhelmed and you've got something going on that you can't control and that's scaring you, what are you looking for? Looking for help. Looking for stability. You're looking for something to get you back on the, the straight and narrow path, to get you back on track. Um, and I think this rock that is higher than I, what's a rock? It's stable. It's sturdy. And what's God? He's higher than all of us. He's, he's above us. He's what we look to. Um, the song that we sing, I think this is why it says, lead me to the rock that's higher than I. Lead me to something stable that's bigger than me that can help me through this. Do y'all, do y'all see that? Um, I didn't see it until I got to reading it, but... We're always looking, we're overwhelmed, we're scared, we're facing things that we don't know if we can get through it or not, we're troubled. Uh, We're looking for something bigger than us as humans to help us through that, somebody to guide us. Um, And I think this verse sums that up a lot. Lead me to the rock that's higher than I. Lead me to something stable that's bigger than me that can help me through this. Place of safety. Place of safety. That's right. Yep, that's true. That's right. He's the rock. Yes. Mm-hmm. And prayers will. I mean, and, but if we don't ask, we won't ever know, will we? All right. Anybody else? Let's turn to Second Chronicles twenty twelve. This is just a helpful verse to keep in your notes or keep wherever, um, and to remember whenever you are overwhelmed, when you are in trouble, um, when things do get bad. This is a prayer or something you can remember. It says, O our God, you will not judge them, for we have no power against this great multitude that is coming against us, nor do we know what to do, but you, but our eyes are upon you. So right here is another example of they were in trouble. They didn't know what to do, but in the end they said our eyes are on you. So as long as we keep our eyes on God and know that he is our rock and that he will take care of us, um, 
this is just one example there of that he'll get us through it, that we'll know that we can overcome it. Um, let's see. It is. Another verse right here in Philippians 4, 7, we all know that really well whenever it talks about the peace that surpasses all understanding. Um, do we have that peace? Do we understand what that peace is and how to get that peace? Um, sometimes it's a struggle. But a lot of times if you'll put your faith in God and truly believe that he'll get you through it, he always has. Um, Daddy gets so mad at me whenever I say, well, home inspections went to nothing. It's over with. I'm going to find another job. And he'll say, son, you've been doing this for six years. They always come. It may slow down. Just have faith. Keep going. Um, and they do. In two weeks, man, I'm backed up and I can't get it all done and I'm mad about that. So we got to learn to have that peace to know that God will take care of us. And when times are tough, God will take care of us. And keep saying that. Keep remembering to look. Look up. Look to God. Um, he's our rock. He's going to be there for us if we're following his word and, and doing what he's asked. Yep. That's true. That's true. That's true. He's always there. So to sum it all up here, um, prayer is something we all need. We should want to do more of it. Um, something we should develop a deeper love for. Um, something we should do every day. And understanding, and we should learn to understand just how important it is to our Christianity. Um, and life in general. Everything we go through, good and bad. Um, to understand how important prayer is to talk to God every day about those things. Um, this is just another way Jesus has proved it to us. He continues to prove it to us again and again um, with scriptures, with stories, with examples in the Bible. And we're going to get into a lot more of those throughout this uh, quarter. But um, it's something to remember every day. Pray to God. He'll answer your prayers. He hears us. He loves us. Um, and it's very important for all of us. So thank you all. Right. Yeah, prayer will help us through out of, out of some dark valleys, out of some difficult things in life, um, whether personally, whether family-related, um, job-related, a lot of things. Prayer, prayer works, um, and God will answer prayers. And that's something we should be more comfortable doing, and that's where that learning to pray, how important it is. Um, there's never an example in the Bible where Jesus said, well, I'll pray for you about that. Jesus just prayed. He never said I'll pray for you. Exactly. He prayed. He did it right then. Yes. Right. Praying for the wrong reasons at the wrong times and for the, with the wrong heart. Right. All right. Thank you all.